0: Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. When I was in elementary school, I went to a private Christian school from kindergarten through fifth grade. And my parents very sacrificially spent a huge portion of their annual income for me to attend that school. And in retrospect, I can see, oh, just because... It had the name Christian, didn't mean that all of the children who went there were necessarily Jesus followers, or that they all came from stable homes. But as a child, I didn't have a grid for any of that. And some of this um, has been shared in other places. But when I asked to be homeschooled midway through my fifth grade year, I still remember my brother talking about centrifugal force at the dinner table. And I went to my parents that night and I said, you cheated me out of a good education because he's in kindergarten and I'm in fifth grade and I've, or I guess he would have been in first grade at that time, but I've never heard about centrifugal force. And this, you know, after my parents have been so sacrificial and so kind. And the story is that they didn't really want me to come home because I (laughs) apparently was a little bit of a pill that I would needle my siblings and just be a little bit of an instigator of unrest and I don't remember that that is of course saddening to me but in retrospect there were several factors that were at play that I again I just didn't have a grid for them so uh, there's a book called Upper Road Slowly that my mom absolutely loved and I was a voracious reader and so I had read it probably in fourth grade maybe And in it, the main character talks about how there was, I think there was a girl named Aggie and she was, you know, my vague description from 30 years ago, 40 years ago, she was probably either autistic or mentally uh, handicapped in some way, developmental delays. And so she was, you know, kind of stringy hair, always really dirty, kind of not somebody you would have a conversation with always very needy and the main character talked about how difficult it was to engage with this person and I think maybe in the book the girl drowns or something very sad and the character was just kind of like i I was sad for her but at the same time knew that if she was still alive I still wouldn't want her in my life (laughs) something very honest like that and I remember at the time reading that and thinking, oh, I can think of the people that are the more rejected ones, who are the more bullied. I mean, a similar theme comes up in the book, The Hundred Dresses. And in both of those stories, you have a character who's maybe genuinely seeking to be kind, but just hasn't figured out how to navigate those social pressures with that. And I remember as a child being kind of in from my perspective, the bottom tier, but not all the way at the bottom in the social structure and how people would say things that weren't very nice about other children or just, you know, make comments at different times and, and maybe not directly to the children. I don't remember witnessing anything that was overtly like a bullying experience, but more just kind of like you hear the chatter around, you know, like, oh, he's such a nerd or whatever the unkind things are. And I didn't feel like I ever came up with a way to resolve that in a godly and kind way. And so it's, I guess you could say it's a confession of mine that I was one of the people who stood by and did nothing. And that is sad to me. And so, uh, Lord, for the places where There are forces at work, you know, like in this case, I think there could have been 24 children against the three kind of nerds. And then here's Amy, who's kind of like, I don't really want to be against them, but I don't really know how to involve them or incorporate them. And my status is low enough already. I don't actually even know how to shift this experience. And so Lord, for the ways that there's what feels like insolvable problems that we face as adults, but I also think about our children and how our children can face these these challenging situations that, you know, compared to like a big sin, it's, it's just kind of petty and yet deeply wounding. And so, Lord, I pray that there would be grace poured out on us for the places where we did not hit the mark, for the places where I think, oh, I didn't even know to ask for wisdom on how to navigate that better. And Lord, as I don't think that I ever overtly participated, at least not in my memory, but Lord, being a silent participant or a somewhat... Anyway, I just am sad. And so Lord, I'm asking that we could, um, for me and then for anyone who's listening who has kind of a similar story, Lord, that we would be able to wrap up these pains and give them to you. And that as you say that if we confess our sins, that you're faithful and just and forgive us those sins. So for Lord, for the places where I missed the mark, I ask that you would forgive me. And I thank you that you uh, actually encourage confession (laughs) and that when we confess that we get to hear you say that you don't hold it against us, you forgive us and that we get to go in peace. And so Lord, I receive that peace. Lord, for anyone else who's praying this with me, Lord, we all receive the peace of God, the healing that you offer. We thank you, Jesus. Amen.